This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is the Hockey News Podcast. Ryan, I can finally say it. It truly is the best time of the year. Yes. Because the NHL season is about to kick off. Recording this on Tuesday morning. The games kick off Tuesday night. That's right. Boy, what what a fun what a fun ride it is. And we do have we have a bunch of stuff to talk about before the games actually start. Yep. Why don't we talk about the fact that and you know we're Canadian, yeah. We're, and so we were celebrating Thanksgiving uh, over this last long weekend, and teams just decided to do all of their transactional business last minute while we're all eating turkey and with family. So the big one that happened was Rasmus Dahlin, uh, star defenseman for, for the uh, Buffalo Sabers, signing an eight-year, eleven million dollar AAV contract with uh, extension. It's supposed to kick in, you know, not this year but the year after. Huge deal, one of the biggest def- deals we've seen for a defenseman, for sure, uh, since Eric Carlson signed for 11 and a half, and that was a couple of years ago, um, and he was much older. So Ryan, what are, initial, what are our initial thoughts on this deal? For me, I, I really like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Rasmus Dahlin, I think what we saw last year, especially in the first half, was a player that will compete for the Norris Trophy Absolutely. sooner than later. I mean, it might even be this year. The Sabres around him are better, and that will help. You know, he's got a lot of uh, assistance on that defense core now. Not only did they bring in guys like Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton, but you have the emergence of Owen Power as well, another fantastic young defenseman. So, I mean, for Buffalo to lock up Darlene long-term, I think was great. Mm -hmm. I think it sends a, a really good message to the entire organization and to the fan base that they're all in here. And, you know, I mean, $11 million, yeah, that's steep. But at the same time, we've, we've said this before, the cap is going to yes. go up. And $11 million in next year's money is maybe like, you know, 10 or 9 a few years ago, you know, based yeah. on the percentage of the cap. So I don't think it's a, uh, you know, an overspend by any means. When you get a defenseman that has all the attributes that Darlene has, you lock that up. Yeah, I think I agree. I think it is exactly his value right now. Like I don't think they got a discount. I don't think they overpaid. You know, it, I think they got exactly. You know, he will be. The, the thing is too is that he's 24. It's an eight-year deal, right? So he's he will be 32. So he'll still have time to cash in on another deal, right? When the, after this ends. And I was looking at some comparables um, here, and and a bunch that stuck out was was essentially Charlie McAvoy being the one that mm. uh, uh, that is the highest. He got nine and a half million dollars. Uh, in uh, back in 2021, but I look at the per- I look at the cap percentage, which doesn't really matter at this point because, like we said, the cap is going up and it mm-hmm. won't even kick in until the cap goes up. He's at Darlene's deal is 13.17 percent of the cap right now, um, which is the highest out of like by far of any of his comparables. The one that only comes close is when PK Subban signed for nine million um, back in in 2014 when the cap was like two dollars. Right. So it, it was crazy, but. You get that, like you said, you get that up to 87, 88 million dollars, whatever the cap's going to be next year, and that goes down to 10. That goes down to around the same percentage that that McAvoy, that Sergachev, that Wierenski, 
at Fox, all of these in the 10 to 11% range. I think it's fine. And the fact, like, look, you, Buffalo is doing a great job in the sense that, like, they, they not only do they, they draft these guys, not only do they develop them, but then they retain them. Mm-hmm. And Darlene is a guy who, uh, who was a first-round pick, very, very highly touted, came up through the system, went through a lot of pain with that organization. Yep. His, his early career, like, we, we keep in mind that, you know, he's 24, so he's been in the league for six years, and only now are the Bruins, or the Bruins, the, the Sabres, ready to take a step. Like, yeah. only now, six years later, really. Are, are we thinking, okay, well, maybe they'll make the playoffs, you know? Yeah. So it's, it, he's been through a lot, but extending for, for the max amount, it, I, think it's a, I think it's a phenomenal deal for the, for the team. Like, I think it's just exactly commiserate with what he's, what he's worth. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think with Buffalo, you know, they have so much young talent mm-hmm. still coming up, uh, and, and those players are going to be very important. It's going to be a very interesting uh, dance the next couple of years yes. for GM Kevin Adams to see how he handles the next contracts of certain players, and, and to see who really, you know, comes to the fore. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Zach Benson, for example, uh, was kind of the darling of training camp and, and, you know, earned his roster spot. We'll talk about training camp yes. roster spots later on. Um, but you look at the competition they're going to have up front in the next couple of years. Benson, Matt Savoy, Jack Quinn, uh, you know, J.J. Pateka is a, a little more established already. Um, you know, Peyton Krebs as well. You know, there's a lot of young players that are going to need contracts, but they're going to have to fight each other mm-hmm. to get those really good spots. Yeah. And then that's what you want. And I, I, like I said earlier, you know, with that defense core, you know, I mean, it, there's still a little bit of room for improvement, but with Darlene and Owen Power as your cornerstones, you've got a really good start. Yes. And I'm, I'm looking at their cap sheet right now, and they do have... Um, like, like they, they, right now they have $8 million in cap space. Uh, uh, that will obviously be less once, once it kicks in and the cap will go up, but still, like they, they will get a, a ton of money off the books. Olafson is coming off the books. Gergensons? Uh, um, Gergensons. Jeez, I was, that, that name is, has tied me up ever since he was in the All-Star conversation years ago. Ocposo, Tyson Jost, all these guys, they're, they're all coming off the books. Eric Johnson. But like Owen Powers is an RFA next year. Mm-hmm. He, he needs a new deal. And like you said, like Peyton Krebs, he's an RFA next year. Uh, Paterka, he's an RFA after that. Jack Quinn, I'm not sure what his contract situation is, but you're right. They're, they will they will have to start paying these players. And then on top of that, you go, all right, well, we want to add some some reinforcements from around mm. the NHL and bring, bring them in. And it's 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 a it's a tight dance that they're gonna have to gonna have to play, like you said. But you really do you need to get your pillars in place. Yeah. And then after that, you just deal. You you try and figure out and fill out the peripheries as you can. But they have their pillars in place. They have Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins signed two two of the two massive sweetheart deals. Or Tage Thompson right now is a massive sweetheart deal. Dylan Cousins, if he continues to, to produce and, and and improve as he is, that's going to be a phenomenal sweetheart deal too. Those are your two pillars up front. And then now you have Rasmus Dahlin locked in for almost a decade. You, for, like he will be on your team for at least the next nine years, starting with this year. Um, at $11 million, that's phenomenal. And then who knows, maybe if Devin Levi uh, you know, beats the short King allegations and comes yeah. out. And even then, you still have two years of him. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to like about this. I, I think just the fact that they could have paid him $13.5 million. I think just having Rasmus Dahlin in the fold for the next nine years, those are going to be his absolute prime, best performing years. Like He already really sort of took a leap last year. Definitely. And now from, from now until he's like 30, will be, you know, the time where he can rip off Norris Trophy nominations and stuff. I For think sure. it's great. And, you know, with that cap space they still have, 
Do they add Patrick Kane at some point in the season? They are one of the only... I would, the door like, is open. I don't even know if I call them contenders, but they're one of the only like playoff contending teams that have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Because another one that I had heard of, like like rumblings, was Vegas. But Vegas has got to do the whole dance where they're like $4 away from the cap to start yeah. the season. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know how they make that work without committing tax fraud or something, right? right? Which, you know, they, they can do. We've seen the Lightning <laughs> do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, but it just... They're in a good spot right now, and this is why they need to make. But this is why they need to make a leap this year because they will never be both as like flush with young talent mm-hmm. and also as flexible from a cap perspective than yeah. they are right now. Yeah. Like, how many other teams are ready? How many other teams have the ceiling that they do this year and also have almost ten million dollars in cap space? Yeah, it's it's unheard not a lot. of, right? Yeah. So this is this is where they need to to take that leap, and I think just the sentiment around the organization that. Rasmus Dahlin is in the fold, and he is committed to the city of Buffalo for years. I think that's that's great for them. Indeed. Good for them. All right. Two other, and these were far more surprising, in my opinion, Yes. Uh, than, than Rasmus Dahlin, was the Winnipeg Jets locking in two, two long-term pillars of their organization to identical seven-year, $8.5 million AAV deals in Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck. This came out of pretty much nowhere. Like I like First of all, no insiders got it. Nope. The team announced it just out of the blue. And these are, two, these are two players who we expected uh, to be potentially on the trade block, Garner Hellbuck specifically, um, as the season went along because they were pending our, uh, UFAs. And now here they are locked in for probably the last contract they'll sign is in the NHL, um, considering that they'll both be 37, 38 around that time. What are your thoughts on these? Because I think, at least in my opinion, <laughs> my thoughts on these are a lot different than my Darlene yes. uh, thoughts. Yes, I was very surprised, uh, particularly with mm-hmm. Hale Buck, because we had we had heard yeah. at least you know the rumors that you know because he is still one of the best goaltenders in the NHL yeah. that you know maybe a contender could swing a deal uh, to get him because again we've talked about this before. There's so few goaltenders in the league right now that you can say are like automatic, yes. right? I mean, Vasilevsky in Tampa and he's hurt. Sorokin, Sorokin, Shesterkin, Jake Ottinger. Ottinger. Like, who else? Like, before I would have said Markstrom, but then he did nothing last the, yeah, year. Yeah, right? he, like, like, fell off a cliff. I would say, like, like yeah, Hellebuck is in that class of maybe, like, six. Yeah. At most goalies where you can just count on him year after year. Exactly. You're confident. Mm-hmm. And so, I, the thing, at first I was like, okay, well, maybe it's a long-term deal because then they can trade him and get more in return. But yeah. he's got a no-move clause. He does, yeah. With this, no, you know, with this new contract. So... It appears as if the plan for GM Kevin Sheveldayoff is let's run it back with this crew. You know, you know, they tossed off Blake Wheeler yeah. in the offseason. I, I just don't, I, you know, like when I look at the Jets, it's like, okay, well, you got Hale Buck, so you got one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. Mm-hmm. You got a very good offensive defense, defenseman in Josh Morrissey who had a breakout year last year, you know, up front, you've got Shifley, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, uh, you know, Cole Perfetti. When he was healthy, he, he was, was a great. big driver for he them. He was great, yeah. And when he got hurt, they, they fell, fell off a cliff. Yeah. So I guess if you're looking at it from that perspective, you say, we should be a playoff team. And with Rick Bonus behind the bench, we'll be a tough team to play in the playoffs because mm-hmm. Rick Bonus tends uh, to ice very difficult teams to play against in the, in the postseason yeah. and have a, a decent amount of success. Now, 
for me, the sort of flaw to the argument is, do you think you can get out of your own division right now? Mm-hmm. If you look at Colorado and Dallas, those are Stanley Cup I would say favorites. Yeah. You know, there's like maybe a handful of teams that you could call Stanley Cup favorites. And those two teams for me would be two of them. Mm -hmm. If you somehow get past them, you have Edmonton and Vegas and maybe even Los Angeles. If we're talking teams that are built for the playoffs, you have those teams that you're going to have to get past just to get to the final. That's a lot of teams to get through just to get to the Stanley Cup final. And you have to make the playoffs first. Yes. And on top of that, because these are long-term deals, so you're hoping to you're, you're hoping to contend during this time. You yeah. will also have to contend with the fact that Connor Bedard and Logan Cooley are both in your division. Yeah, like like you will both you will be having to deal with the fact that you are facing, and specifically Connor Bedard, a generational talent. Yeah, you know, like like for for the the the, the length of this, like Chicago's not going to be this bad forever. Right. They'll be bad for a couple of years, but then, but yeah, like you're going to have to deal with midway that. Midway through this, midway through these deals, like yeah. through your window, you're going to have to deal with a nuclear weapon at the height of its powers. Yeah. And, you know, who does Chicago get in this year's draft? If they have, like, a top three pick, they could get another devastating offensive weapon, whether it's Max Celebrini, or whether Cole it's Cole Iserman. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's several different options up, up top there. The Shifley one worries me because of his age mm-hmm. in particular. Like goaltenders, I feel sometimes they can age differently. Yes. You know, like Marc-Andre Fleury still went strong uh, way into his late mm-hmm. 30s. Um, so I'm, I'm not really concerned with Hale Buck in that regard. But with Shifley, he's already, you know, there's already a three on the, the front of his age. And then you're adding seven more years. Mm. So what type of player is he when he's... 34, 35, 36. And granted, as we mentioned with Darlene, the cap's going to go up, so the percentage of your cap hit with these players is not going to be as bad. And, you know, 7-plus, it's not the worst thing in the world. But I just worry that the Jets aren't good enough now. Mm-hmm. And it, with the exception of a healthy Cole Perfetti, they're not going to get much better unless they get some outside help. Um, you got Brad Lambert in the pipeline. You got Rutger McGroarty in the pipeline. You got Colby Barlow in the pipeline now. You know, I guess you hope one or two of those guys become, you know, top six stars for you None in the next couple of years. Slam dunks, though. Like, but they're Brad, not slam dunks. Like Brad Lambert is like the most like volatile prospect there is. He certainly is. He could be a he could be a star, and he could be Nalyakapov. You never know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of like Ailey Tolvanen in that yeah. way, where it's like, I'm not sure. Like, it could go either way, and yeah. you wouldn't really be that shocked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you don't have any guarantees. You don't have a Connor Bedard. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my concern, is that this is just going to be a team that's good, not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I guess it depends on what your goals are. If your goals are just to make the playoffs, then, yeah, the Jets can make the playoffs. If your goal is to win a Stanley Cup, you're not there. Uh, you, you would basically be hoping to be the Florida Panthers of last year. Ride a hot goalie, lock it down defensively, and you know, get some clutch goal scoring from someone. It's always great to peg a, like your, your organizational future on recency bias. I love that. Right. I think it's smart. Yeah. You know what? It, it really, this really bummed me out because I realized Connor, Connor Helvick's never going to win a cup. And it's a shame we're never going to see him win a, win a Stanley Cup. It's, look... I'm I'm totally fine with the Hellebuck deal. He's still one of the best goalies in the league. You know he he is 30, but but you know it, it's 
the fact is he hasn't played in the playoffs the last couple of years. So it's yeah. So he, he at least has had some long summers behind him. And he's consistently proven that he is like he has kept this organization afloat basically on the ice for a long time. For sure. The deal that scares the the crap out of me, frankly, is is Mark Shifley because yeah. yes, he is, yes, yes, he is. He's a very good offensive player, but he is like one of the worst defensive players in the league. He doesn't even try on most occasions. Like it is shocking if you ever look at, at Mark Shifley uh, back checking compilations. Yeah, it, it's brutal and. I look at a, I look at this, and he's already thirty. You know, he's already dealt with injuries every once in a while. Um, and with the defensive, la- like, you think his defensive game is going to get better now that he's now that he's going to get older? He's going to get slower. Mm-hmm. He's going, and also he just got paid. It's not like he's motivated to to, yeah. to earn a new contract for him. It it, it reminds me of the Robinson Cano deal in, in the in the MLB because I remember specifically. I think it was I can't remember who it was, but it was it was a a baseball analyst went to say like, "Oh, you really think you, you paid him this much money? You really think he's gonna he's gonna be running out, you know, running out uh, ground outs and stuff when he's like thirty five, making twenty five million dollars a year? Mm. No, he's not. And this is the same with Mark Shifley. This this just it, it just dooms the Jets to mid. Yeah, and yeah. that is that is the worst thing you can be in the NHL. It just dooms them to be to draft seventeenth overall every year." Yeah, and the only thing I can think of is, you know, because Winnipeg is a Canadian market and a cold one at that, you know, attracting free agents has been difficult. So I I do see the logic in, we know these guys, Mm -hmm. we like these guys, let's keep them around uh, because it's, you know, it's harder to find guys on the open market. I mean, I can uh, I can they, see that. Do they like these guys though? Because every year, Blake Wheeler or not Blake Wheeler? Well, before Blake Wheeler, but Mark Shifley as well has had some sort of run in with this coach. I don't know if you remember, but Rick Bonus last year, like there was like Mark Shifley was not playing defense and said something about the system, and then Rick Bonus was asked about the system and gave the most dramatic eye roll I've ever <laughs> seen. Like, and and that was the pre, and I believe. If, if the, their record pre-eye roll and post-eye roll yeah. is like night and day, I'm like, you can love Hellebuck, yeah. but like, do they love, like, I can't believe they still love Shifley. I mean, they guys, signed him. I guess so. And I guess they thought, hey, when are we going to get a 40-goal scorer to sign in Winnipeg, like on yeah. the open market? Yeah. Um, so we might as well. But I, like, th- it just seems like this is going to end like a Blake Wheeler situation. He, they're remarkably similar players in the fact that they are all offense they're touted for their leadership, yeah. and then and and they're making you know Wheeler made like eight point six or something last year. Shifley's going to be making eight point five now, and Wheeler was thirty six. By the time Shifley's thirty six, I don't know if his offense is going to be even. I don't know if he's going to be a fifty goal, uh, fifty point player like Wheeler was last year. Mm. Hellebuck, I think it'll be fine, but yeah. Shifley, this worries me a lot. Like it just and it just dooms the the team to the middle. Yeah, and I hate that. They're yeah. already. You look at this. You look at this lineup, and you go, "Okay, this is probably going to be one of the best lineups they've had." Mm-hmm. Because yes, the cap is going to go up, but like you have, uh, you have Shifley and, and Hellebuck making two million dollars less than what they're going to make. More than that, um, going to make more than, than uh, what they're going to making moving forward. Yeah. And this team doesn't scare me at all. Yeah. It's yeah. a shame. It's a darn diddly darn shame. There you go. Um, but Ryan. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Things that aren't shames are our, 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 our kids' surprises making the open night roster. Um, so we basically got our, we, it was cut down day yep. on Monday. Um, so we all, we now know basically what rosters are going to look like. For opening night, there are some surprises. Let's go through a bunch. Let's, let's just let's just it. have some fun. Ryan, why don't you get us started? Who is your who is who is at, at the at the height of your opening night roster surprise? Well, I look at Matthew Potra in Boston, mm-hmm. and you know we knew the Bruins coming into uh, this season. It was going to be new look. No Patrice Bergeron, no, no David Krejci. So mm-hmm. down the middle, they lost two of the best. Yes, right. Not just their best. Two of the best. Yes, two of the best, just humans in general, really. Exactly. Yeah. So, Matthew Poitra coming in and absolutely lighting the preseason on mm-hmm. fire was fantastic for them because he can be a top six center for you. And, you know, right now you got Pavel Zaka, you got Charlie Coyle, but, you know, Coyle can be your third line center. That's kind of the best for him, really. That's all he's been, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you would prefer Charlie Coyle to be that big, yes. you know, two-way center. I mean, you kind of prefer Pavel Zaka to be that big two-way center as well, but you play with the cards you dealt mm-hmm. with. Poitra can be that top six guy. They played him with skill guys. They played him with grinders. He had success with both. He did everything. Yeah. He did it all. Um, you know, very smart kid. Uh, obviously very dynamic. He had some highlight reel goals. So, I mean, this is great news for the Bruins. And, you know, who knows what will happen once the regular season begins. With a lot of these players, you know, we talk about getting that nine-game tryout and then they get sent back to juniors, so the contract slides and all that sort of thing. But, you know, with Patra, I mean, you know, that Guelph team that he would be going back to in the OHL, they're not seen as contenders per se. They'll, you know, they'll be fine, especially with him in the lineup. But it's not like you'd be sending him back to like a Memorial Cup yeah. contender. Um, if you need him, then you can keep him. And I think he proved that he had some of the elements they needed, uh, like I say, in a, in a top six role. And I mean, that's heady for a teenager. But if you surround him with good players, and we know the thing about Boston is that the culture is very strong. Oh, yeah. And Brad Marchand's the captain now. Mm-hmm. He's been there for years. He's been a leader for years. You have him. You got Charlie McAvoy. You got Brandon Carlo. You have guys that have been around and can help young players get into the fold, be comfortable, mm-hmm. play their role. Uh, so I think it's a great situation for him. Um, I'll also point out real quickly, Johnny Beecher made the, yes, so, he did. the squad too. Um, more, you know, and, and I, he'll be more of a bottom six guy, but you know, he can give you some versatility where he can mm-hmm. play center if you need him to. Um, but otherwise, he has the size and the speed to you know, take some minutes in that bottom six and, and be effective. So good to see him get into the lineup as well. Absolutely. I guess my, mine would be uh, obviously Fraser Minton. Mm-hmm. Like, like that, I cannot even begin to describe how far from the realm of possibility that seemed when camp started. Right. Because I, all I heard, you know, was funny enough from James Myrtle from The Athletic, he's a native of Kamloops. All he does is talk about Kamloops. Right. And he was in Kamloops for the, for the Memorial Cup where the Kamloops Blazers was there. 
and he was very down on Minton because he basically just sort of froze up in the, in the Memorial Cup, didn't do too much, and even people inside the organization, even his biggest believers, were, if you had told them that he would be cracking the Toronto Maple Leafs roster with, the, with just how tight, A, their salary cap situation is, but yeah. also B, just with the amount of, of, of names and bodies that are, that are vying for spots that are more experienced and potentially higher on the depth chart than him, they would have laughed at you, even his biggest supporters in the organization. And yet here we are, yeah. opening night. And even if it's a nine-game tryout, who cares? Fraser Minton, a second-round pick. He's the first player to the first player uh, or teenager, sorry, not picked in the first round to crack the Leafs' opening night roster. Can you tell? You want to know? You want to take a guess at who that would be? The last one. Oh wow! The first player who was not picked in the first, the first teenager, not picked in the first round to crack the Leafs' opening night roster. Ah. Oh. Yeah, it's probably like way back when. So, uh, unless it's Nick Robertson. It's not, oh. but Robertson is actually, funny enough, never made the Leafs out of camp. Oh, fair enough. But it was Matt Stajan in, in 2003, wow. 20 years ago. Wow. Crazy stuff. So, and the thing about it too is he has absolutely earned it. He yeah. has been, he is, I am blown away by this kid. I'm blown away by his ability to, he has like a, the ability to, to, to knock pucks out of the air, to, to retain pucks. Just blow, that's something that I look at as like a very pro, a very pro ready skill. Right. You know, everyone can shoot, everyone can pass, you know, most people can skate, but there's like the little things in when, you know, a defenseman's trying to clear the puck and you're able to knock it down below your shoulders and keep it in and yeah. keep possession. And he, he's done that. He's been remarkable. And he, depending, like, I think it's best for his development that he eventually goes back to the WHL, but like they need a third line center right now. You know, yeah. if Nylander's going to be on the wing, Minton has proven he's like he, he has done the exact same thing that you said with with Patra, where he has played with skill players and he's played with grinders and he has developed good chemistry with both him and Matthew Nice have legitimately really good chemistry together. Like the chemistry of players that you would expect to be playing with each other for a lot longer than they have. Right. Um, so it, it's it's a it's a phenomenal surprise and uh, you know good on him. Yeah, and you know you mentioned the nine games and you know Minton would be the type of player that. If you can get him to the, like, if you're not going to keep him the whole year, then he goes back to the dub. He plays for Team Canada at the World Juniors, where, you know, you sort of say to him, like, okay, dominate. Yes. Have a great tournament. Because he's never been the guy on any team he's played on. Right, yeah, yeah because that Kamloops team last year was stacked. They yes. had Logan Stan he Coven. Was, he, was a, he was a bottom six player, basically, for that. Yeah, you know? so, you know, if, Canada's World Junior team this year is going to be very interesting because... In terms of eligible returnees, you're basically looking at Owen Beck and Kevin Korchinski. Yeah. And we'll talk about Kevin Korchinski uh, later on, making the Blackhawks. Um, but Easton Cowan also on the opening night roster for the Leafs, but you're thinking this more of a cap situation. Yeah, so basically the, the way it goes with, with LTIR is, you ha is to get the most amount of savings you can, you have to be as close to the cap ceiling as possible before you place guys on. And because Easton Cowan, he's a first-round pick. You know, he, he's making nine three five uh, or nine hundred thirty-five k, which is you know even more than Nyes does on his ELC. He's the, he's got the highest AAV of like one of these tweener guys that you that you could you could have. So they're keeping him on the roster until they can until they put all these guys on. So then they can get as much LTR relief as possible, and then they're going to send him back to London where he can dominate, mm. and they're going to then sign Noah Gregor. That that seems to be what what it's what it's going with. Um, but yeah, just. 
So Cowan did make the team, but he was a big surprise in camp. He performed way better than a lot of people thought, and he's a big part of the future. But Fraser Minton, like, he could be a part of the present. You know, he, you it would be better for him to go back to the WHL, but a lot of people said that at the start of camp, and he, he forced their hand. Yeah. Who knows what he can do in these if – he, 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 if he plays this well – and, and shows that he can be a very good contributor for this Leafs team. He might force their hand to keep him, to make him stay, just like uh, Plotra might. You know, like it, yeah. we'll, we'll have to see. There you go. Speaking of forcing hands, uh, Tristan Luno making the Anaheim Ducks. To me, this is very interesting because we knew the Ducks were, have a lot of great young defensemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they had the play, the defenseman of the year in all three major junior they leagues. They did, last yes. Year. Um, so Pavel Minchikov, who was in the OHL, he made it. Uh, Jackson Lacoe makes it. He was he was NCAA, but um, you know he, he made the team as well. Uh, Tristan Luno makes it. Mm-hmm. Olin Zellweger gets sent to the minors. So this is very interesting. And you know, you always like a meritocracy. You always want your young players to earn their spots, to earn the yeah. spot and to have those battles. And you know, Zellweger is a bit undersized. He's an offensive defenseman. Um, you know, I, I know there are areas of his game that the Ducks want him to continue to work on. So, you know, going to San Diego, playing against men in the AHL, it's a good step for him. Uh, but shout out to Tristan Luneau, who's mm-hmm. a bigger body and, um, you know, maybe a bit more of a two-way guy, but he can definitely put up numbers offensively. You know, he makes the opening night roster. It'll be fun to see. I mean, this is super young Ducks core, um, you know, especially, you know, Jamie Drysdale we've talked about. Uh, on the podcast before, still very young, doesn't have a lot of NHL experience because of injury. Mm-hmm. Um, they're rolling out some pretty young guys on the back end. To me, it's kind of going to be a fun year for Anaheim where it's a big experiment. Yeah. You know, it's like, let's see what the kids can do. We don't expect to be competitive, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of a playoff spot, particularly in that division, and that's fine. But let's see what Leo Carlson can do. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll avoided injury, thankfully. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Let's see what Jamie Drysdale can do now that he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And which of these young defensemen can really stake a claim to a roster spot and maybe play the full season. So some of them are getting the opportunity already. Um, and then you have Zellweger there if somebody gets sent down or sent back to junior. So um, yeah, very interesting in Anaheim to see how that shook out. Absolutely. Another surprise I have, it's not specifically tailored to one player, um, but it is tailored to, I guess, sort of a phenomenon here, is that five teams will start the season uh, with three goalies on their roster. Mm-hmm. And that we very rarely see that ever happen. And there are five teams. It's Buffalo, Detroit, Los Angeles, Montreal, and Philadelphia. So Buffalo looks like it's going to be Uka Pekalukkanen, uh, Devin Levi, Eric Comrie, Detroit, Huso, Reimer, and Lyon. Uh, LA, Copley, Talbot, and Riddish. Uh, Montreal, I guess, would be uh, uh, Montembeau. Montembeau, potentially Primo, and uh, Jake Allen. And yeah. then Philly, a uh, bunch of names. Yes. Um, I will not even pretend to know who the goalies are in Philly right now. It would be like Samuel Urson, uh, uh, you yeah. know, Felix Soderstrom, and someone else. But either way, th- this is Carter very. Hart. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, only only the you know the good the young starter. goalie that they have. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I probably just named him right there. Boom, there you go. Yeah. Felix I'm, Sandstrom, but yeah. Sandstrom, yes. Yeah. What whatever. Um, yeah. I'm very smart. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, but like we rarely ever see like goalies. Our teams keep three goalies just in general. We ever see one of them. Five of them are starting, and I, this is this. It's kind of a headache for teams because you want to get like you want to get every goalie you have. You know. 
you want to have them them sort of get uh, get reps. Yeah. You want to have them not. You don't want to have one guy sit in the press box for for the whole time. You know, because then you have a, an AHL affiliate. You want to send them down. And also, even in practice, like there are only two nets. Yep. For for like potentially a morning skate, right? There are only two nets. Yep. So it, it, it's so what does the what does the third guy do while everyone's warming up to start the thing? He just what sits on the side and watches, stretches it's, more. Exactly. So it, it that it's a very uh, it's a very odd situation. I guess it goes to show that teams are worried of losing guys on waivers, um, specifically to, to goalie needy teams. Like there's a re- I'm surprised that Martin Jones made it through. That's another thing. But like you think Tampa wouldn't put in a claim for an Eric Comrie if he came around or. You know, an Alex Lyon or even like a James Reimer, if they can make it work, or any of these guys. It's, yeah. Teams are being very, uh, I guess, sort of, they're, they're hoarding their goalies. Right. And I hazard to say, too, like with the exception of L.A., mm-hmm. who I think we pencil in as a playoff team because they're so deep up front yeah, and, the back, and, and their defense core is very good. Mm-hmm. You know, these are, and, you know, Buffalo, we expect to make the playoffs, but if they don't get goaltending, they won't. Yes. The other three teams, we do not expect to make exactly. the playoffs. Detroit, Montreal, and Philly. So I think part of that is these teams saying, Who cares, man? We don't, we don't know what we got. Yeah. Like, we're hoping somebody steps up, but we don't know. It's so the, uh, three options is better than two. It's the Dark Knight uh, uh, scene where, you know, they got two guys from the, from the gang before, and the Joker breaks a pool, pool cue in half and goes, that's right. have some tryouts. We yeah. only got one spot. And that's basically what this is. Like, show us that you deserve to be the number two mm-hmm. because whoever's the number three is getting sent down by, like, you know, November. So let's figure it out. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Do you have another one? Yes. Um, well, we mentioned him earlier, Kevin Korczynski yes. in Chicago. And, yeah. you know, we talked about the Blackhawks a lot. You know, the rebuilding, obviously. Mm-hmm. Connor Bedard is the foundational player that will begin his NHL career tonight. With the way the Chicago sports are, are, are like, set up right now, he is the foundation of that city. Interesting. Because the Bears are terrible. Yeah. The, the, the Cubs are bad. The White Sox are bad. Like, are the like Bulls the Bull, bad? The Bulls are, are, yeah, they're not great. They're okay. going to make the playoffs. So, like, Connor Bedard is, like, the, is the foundation guy. of that city. There you go. It's basically him and uh, the cast of the Bear. Absolutely. They're, it's, they're, it's him and Jeremy Allen White, and that's about it. Exactly, yeah. yeah they're, they're keeping it all together. Two short white dudes. That's keeping right. Keeping that city afloat, <laughs> That's <man>. right, <laughs> yeah. But they're sturdy. Yes. And they're passionate. Um, Continue, cousin. Yes, thank you. Thank you, cuz. Um, yeah, Kevin Korczynski, offensive defenseman. And mm-hmm. as we mentioned, you know, he could be uh, a very important part of Canada's world junior team on the back end. He was on the team last year. Um, makes Chicago's roster. Certainly could, I mean, he easily play the nine games yeah. because you look at Chicago and it's like it's not a deep squad. So, I mean, there's a really good opportunity for him there. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, we, we talk about the nine games. There's, not, there's no reason that he can't play more than that and get sent back to junior. Yes. I mean, we've seen that before as well. Uh, you know, there are different contract ramifications to it. But to me, he's the sort of player that you want to see taking on that leadership role at the World Juniors. It'll be great to get him NHL experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, then he can go back to junior. You know, he won a title last year with Seattle. Mm-hmm. They played in the Memorial Cup final where they lost to the Quebec Remparts. Um, Seattle should be very good again in the WHL, so he could easily make another long playoff run there. But, I mean, just in general, if we take this on its own merits, you have a very good young offensive defenseman that could help you out now yeah. and, and get some reps. And I think it's interesting in Chicago because, you know, as we said, like, the expectations are basically, like, we're rebuilding, another high pick would be great, we want to see what Bedard can do, we want to protect Bedard, 
which is why they brought in some veteran forwards, um, you know, to mentor him, to also, you know, protect him in terms of, you know, depth, but also physicality. Um, so for Korczynski, I'm just, I'm just very sort of interested to see how long he's there and what kind of impact he can have, because he definitely has the skills to put up points mm-hmm. on the back end. And he has some decent size, too. Yeah, and I think just, I think the best thing that could be for his development is you give him some NHL games and he allows himself to have the self-recognition of like, man, I can hang. Yeah. And, and then he goes back to, to junior where he can dominate and he, and he can basically just be like, I can hang in the NHL. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill all of you now. Right, and, right. And, and do that. And I think that's, that's very cool. Um, and my last one, I guess the last one that, that we have here, uh, is uh, Matthew Phillips. I just want to give a shout out to to a fellow short king. He is 5'7", yeah. 140 pounds. I didn't know it was possible to play professional sports and be 140 pounds in any sport, be it basketball, football, cricket. You can do anything. it in soccer. Isn't Messi like 140 pounds? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay, so soccer's fine, but that's just because yeah. all you need to do in soccer is just be able to run for like 90 straight minutes. Yeah. So it's... Uh, Connor, that's 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 all you really need, right? Our, our producer, he's he's shaking his head in agreement. He is vehemently shaking his head in agreement with me. <laughs> so I'm correct. Um, yeah. uh, but no, it's it's like th- this guy. You know, he he only has three NHL games under his belt. Uh, you know, over the last one, the, that one came in 2020-21. So like the the pandemic shortened season, uh, and then last year. Um, so he had a full year in the HL where he didn't touch the NHL. But he's always been a good producer, point over point per game guy. You know he's he's uh, he's still 25, and he made the team. He made the the, the Capitals out of camp, mm-hmm. being the shortest of the short kings. He has to be, he has to be the lightest at least player in the league. Oh, certainly by by like 20 pounds, I bet. Yeah, like, I don't so, know what Goudreau's at at this point. But. but there's no way he's like Goudreau's probably like 163. Yeah, yeah, that sounds. This guy's 140 cool. pounds. Like yeah. I could throw that guy like a lawn dart, and <laughs> and he made the Washington Capitals open night roster. That is awesome. Shout out to Matthew Phillips. Short, short guys, we can do anything. There you go. And shout out to Ivan Marashnichenko, mm-hmm. who battled cancer and has now made the Capitals as well. Incredible. In his first year in North America. Uh, like, just an unbelievable, un- unbelievable, like, like duo of, uh, of, of, of stories, on, just even in the Caps organization alone. It's fantastic. So exactly. Um, Ryan, you have the best this week. Yes, I'm pretty excited about this Let's one. Let's do it. These are the best old school hockey team names. Okay. Yeah, so I'm gonna start off with uh, the Guelph Biltmore Mad Hatters. Wait, what? Yes, this was a junior team from Guelph. They were the Mad Hatters, but they were the Biltmores was a hat store. Okay. So a lot of teams back in the day were just like, they had like company names involved. There was also the the Windsor Hetched Spitfires. Okay. Yeah, and I couldn't figure out the lineage of that. Like I was like, Googling, like they were originally Detroit Hesht and then they moved across the border. But it's like, I was like, mm-hmm. do I translate it from German? But it doesn't have any English thing, so I'm assuming it's somebody's name. Uh, if anybody knows, tweet us. But yeah, the Guelph Biltmore Mad Hatters, uh, just a fantastic name for a team mm-hmm. overall. Um, the second one I'm going to go with is a similar vein, but when I was researching this, uh, I found it was actually a more convoluted answer. So there was a, a, a sort of pro team back in the day called the Minneapolis Millers. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, and I was like, oh, maybe they all worked, you at, know, at like the, at the, at mill, the mill or whatever. They you were know? Yeah. But apparently they were named after a baseball team called the Minneapolis Millers. So now I want to know if they were named after guys that just like worked at the mill yeah. or something like that. 
But there was actually several different uh, versions of the Minneapolis Millers over the years. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, when I was looking at Hockey DB, uh, over the theme of like teams just named after where the guys were working, yeah. there was a team called the Minneapolis Bungalows. That is so sick. I yeah, who are you playing this that. week? We got the bungalows. Not the two stories. Nope. You know, it's going to be a bungalows. rough one. Yeah. No, no stairs. No nope. stairs on this team. Exactly. Yeah. It's ranch style. Exactly. Yeah. Sticking in Minnesota, okay. this one might be my favorite for the backstory. Okay, hit me. Because it's like, it was only, it's just a one web page, but I felt like it was just a dense rabbit hole that I had no okay. clue existed. There's a team called the St. Paul Vulcans. Whoa! Yeah, like and Star Trek. I was wondering, is it Star Trek? Because the team was uh, in the old USHL, I think, in like the late '60s, early '70s, and I looked, and the TV show was like '64 or something like that. Yeah, but like, what else could be Vulcan? Like well, it could be higher. Yeah, yeah. Th- but no, it's neither of those. Okay, so there's a community organization, like a charitable kind of thing, okay. called the St. Paul Vulcans. And they have this wild backstory that goes back to like 1885, where there's like a winter fest in town. And, you know, everybody, you know, they play games and everybody's outside. And, you know, it's Minnesota, so it's nice and wintry yeah. and cold and whatever. And they're like, okay, so we've got the winter king. Who can depose the winter king? They're like, we need a fire king. And over the years, they added all this stuff, and there's all these like legends. And they started this group. And they're like, okay, we're going to call, at one point he was the Fire Coal King. And then they call, and they're like, what's better than that? They're like, let's call him Vulcanus Rex. And then they started this group that would like help with the winter fair. And then they got together in the summer and they would do different events and like help out around the city with, you know, community events and charitable things. And they started like this whole like mythology. They called themselves the Vulcan Crew. Okay. But it was like K-R-E-W-E, and they were dressed as like, in, like all in red, like devils. And it was all like fire-based. And there's like fire and brimstone involved. And it's like, honestly, just like Google St. Paul Vulcans, it's a fascinating story that basically boils down to people that are just helping out uh, in the community. But they've got this whole thing going. There's like leaders and whatnot. And uh, I'm and the, the the hockey team, they had like a little devil mascot. Yeah. So I assume it was related yeah. to those St. Paul Vulcans. But I started reading it. And let me tell you, it is a wild ride. I am very glad that I looked into it. I implore you to look into the St. Paul Vulcans. They seem like pretty righteous people. And uh, they, know how to, they know how to tell a backstory. Let me tell you that. I am... Listen, that you took me on a journey on that, and I am glad that I I'm glad that I bought a ticket. It was a journey I didn't even know I was going on at the time. I was just like Vulcans. That's a cool name. Why are they called the Vulcans? And then I found mm-hmm. the community group. And next yes. thing you know, it's three in the morning, and you're down a Wikipedia rabbit hole. Exactly. Yeah. I'm wondering wow. how I can join up. Like, do they have one in yeah. Toronto? But I, maybe it's just St. Paul thing. Uh, next one I'm going to go okay. with is. The uh, Hollywood Wolves. Oh, that's very cool. Which is a fantastic name when you think about, you know, like Hollywood itself mm-hmm. and like, you know, it's a cutthroat town or yeah. whatnot. Um, yeah, the Hollywood's Fenton had a couple Wolves. of teams. Yeah. This is like a sort of World War II era team. There was actually like a, like a professional or semi-professional league mm-hmm. in California back then. And uh, yeah, Hollywood Wolves, just a fantastic name. But also they had some pretty decent guys. Bill Barilko of Toronto Maple Leafs fame played for the Hollywood Wolves. So that's a good one. And uh, the final one Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with, and this is one that I looked at for 
uh, Jersey Hound years ago in the magazine because I heard about it and I was fascinated. There's a team in Troy, New York. Now, Troy is sort of on the New York State, Vermont border. If I'm not mistaken, it's where RPI is, the, mm-hmm. the NCAA team, the engineers. There was a team way back when called the Troy Uncle Sam's Trojans. So not the Troy Trojans. Uncle Sam had to be Uncle in there Sam's too. Trojans. Okay. And their logo was Uncle Sam. Yeah, of course. And I looked into it, and apparently the patriotic character Uncle Sam people believe originated in Troy, New York. Okay. So it's a nod to that, but for some reason, it couldn't just be the Troy Uncle Sam's, or couldn't the, be the Trojans, yeah. it was Uncle Sam's Trojans. They had to combine it, and for that I thank them because that's just a fantastic mouthful of a name. And again, who are we playing this week? Playing the Uncle Sam's Trojans. I think that's pretty cool. There you I go. I think that's pretty rad. So that's the best for this week. Very cool. Um, and to end us off, Ryan, you also have Rapid Fire. And I'm ready. Let's do this. Yes, yeah, so this is a big music and movies. Okay. Just rapid me. Fire. I've asked this question before, mm-hmm. but it can always change. Okay. What is your current pump up personal song? So, yeah, you asked me this before, and I said uh, uh, Sympathy for the Devil by, mm-hmm. or not Sympathy for the Devil, um, Give Me Shelter by the Rolling Stones. Right. I'd probably say that's still there. Um, because it really does. It used to be uh, uh, either Knife Talk or Jimmy Cooks by um, by Drake and uh, Twenty One Savage. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the Give Me Shelter really really scratches an itch for me. It really gets gotcha. me going. Yeah. So you don't get songs stuck in your head? Oh, like, absolutely. I get just, like I, I get that thing where it's like I, I'll have like a new song where it's like yeah, I'm just like oh yeah, getting absolutely. pumped. Like like the new. Not even like a, a pumped, but like I get song like because of TikTok, I get songs stuck in my head all the time. There's this one like I think it was a K-pop song uh-huh. that was just that literally stuck in my head for six months. Like I wow. couldn't get it out, but it's it's catchy. Um, but like the new the new Blink 182 song, like uh, 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 one more time, uh-huh. where it's all about like their history. Like I will listen, I could listen to that like three straight times on repeat. Like it there just, you go. It, it's fantastic. All right, yeah. so my current pump up song because I just get different songs yeah. stuck in my head and they become my pump up songs. Uh, it's actually an older song that I re-listened to recently and have been listening to a bunch. Uh, it's Bruan Bren mm-hmm. by the Norwegian hard rock metal band Kvalertak. Okay. Uh, I originally learned about them through Uffe Bodine, one of mm-hmm. Sweden's finest yes. hockey reporters. Truly. Um, and so I've gotten back into Kvalertak. They are fantastic. Now they all look like dads, except for the lead singer who still looks like Axl Rose. Yeah. Uh, but that song, and, and if I'm to believe the YouTube comments, it actually went number one in Norway. Uh, and I can believe it because it's super catchy. Wow. So, yeah, Bruin Bren by Cavaller Tack is my pump-up song right now. Very cool. Next question. And this is sort of a quiz question oh, for you. Oh, oh, oh. How many Olivia Rodrigo songs have I ever heard? I bet you've probably heard, like, Two. The answer is one. Really? Yes, and it's bad idea. The that's new it? song. That's the only, I know idea, right? of. You, you didn't hear. You never heard "Driver's License." No. Where would I hear it? Well, okay. To be fair, it did come out in COVID, so it's not like we were right. going to like retail locations all the time where they would yeah. play it, right? Exactly. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I've heard "Bad Idea" three times on the radio mm-hmm. because uh, Indie eighty eight point one has a very wide 
of you what know. indie is. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I guess it has guitars in it. Yeah. So there you go. Well, like the Olivia Rodrigo song stuck in my head. It's uh, uh, Get Him Back. Just okay. because she has like, I wouldn't even say it's like rap. It's just like a, a, a spoken word. And I just have like, I met a guy in the summer and I left him in the spring. Like that. Yeah. It just it stuck in my head. So yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Next question. What was the most recent new movie you watched? Oh, that's a good question. Good question. Most recent new movie I watched. Um, it would have to be the mo- the yeah. Well, I went to go see the new Saw movie, uh. like Saw X, which is actually very good. Shout out to Oren Coolis, former co-owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning and producer of all the Saw movies. Yeah, look, man, I am I am shocked. I was shocked at how good it is. I saw like I've I've been on kind of a movie theater binge the last little bit because I saw like Dumb Money, the oh yeah, the Paul Dano uh, like like. GameStop yep. stonks. Um, and actually, in the trailer, he's wearing a Stonehill Skyhawks shirt. Yeah. They are the newest, one of the newest NCAA D1 teams. Oh, really? Yes. Because in he, hockey. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so yeah, like like I saw that. That was really good. Um, yeah, I, I've I've been I've been ripping through a bunch of a bunch of movies. I've been ripping through a bunch of shows. Um, but I would say like the most recent new movie would yeah it would be Saw X, and I would honestly like recommend it. Like it is. Nice. Surprised me at how good it was because it's got like an eighty-four percent of Rotten Tomatoes right now. It's you know compared to I think it's like I think that's like thirty percent higher than any other Saw movie. Wow, it's really good. I imagine they would be divisive on a yeah critic. Well, I would site. say like the first one is really good, but I think it's more divisive because people weren't ready to give horror movies like high ratings back then, and then right. everything that kind of came after it was just sort of like how how gro- how much more grosser can we make it? Right. This one really goes back to like a character study. Really. Nice, and nice. I like it, with a lot of blood. Yeah, of course. There's a guy getting his eyeballs sucked out. Like it's pretty, it's pretty hardcore. It's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I had a nickel, right? I yeah, mean, exactly. Yeah. Uh, last new movie I saw, I watched this uh, just the other day. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Apparently, it's fantastic. It is amazing. I knew I was gonna like it because it's Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. and we're probably the same age. Yeah. Uh, so the soundtrack's like old school hip hop. The animation's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's funny. One of my kids watched it with us uh, because my kids hate movies yes. and they will not watch them. Uh, but one stuck around and admitted that it was good. So Fantastic. You that's broke good them. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, next question. What was the last movie you rewatched? Take a wild guess, right? The Batman? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> How long ago was that that you watched The Batman? Probably five days ago, I'd say. Wow. Yeah. All it's right. just, it's my comfort movie. If I'm ever feeling down. It's what you do instead of yoga. It's what I do instead of socialize, really. There you go. Yeah. Last night, uh, me and my wife rewatched Fight Club. Still holds up. Still, still awesome. Does. Yeah. 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 It's. What else can you say? The only thing we were saying was Dave if they Fisher. moved them, if, if they made the movie now, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross definitely would have done the oh, score 100%, yeah. instead of the Dust Brothers. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, just awesome. Like, I will. I, the thing about Batman is like I'll watch it all the way through. Whereas like when I rewatch certain movies, like I'll rewatch them for scenes. Gotcha. Know? And like I'll, I'll, because like whether it's a comedy, I know like a certain aspect of this is really funny, but yeah, yeah with that, it's just, it's a great narrative tapestry. All right. And final question. What's your biggest, I'll just say movie TV, like let's just say streaming, mm-hmm. you know, entertainment. What's your biggest pet peeve? Of like, what do you mean? Like just in general? Like in general. Anything? Oh yes. boy, boy, oh boy. You know what? I will start on this one okay, just to give you an idea okay, of what yeah, we're going yeah. for. Uh, we started to watch, we had heard about this uh, new Korean show called Bargain, mm-hmm. and we're going to watch it, and it's dubbed. Mm, yeah, yeah. You can't even turn the dubbing off. They don't have that option, and we just wouldn't, we can't watch it. Because it's like, if I'm going to watch something, 
I'm going to watch it subtitled because I want to hear the act, even though if I don't understand the language, I want to hear the acting. I don't want to hear, you know, American voices yeah. pretending to be Korean. You just want to hear because because the the inflection exactly it, it, it's different. It, it is, and even the acting style yeah. in different cultures is different, and that's what I enjoy that's, about those that's movies. That's why you watch a foreign movie. Exactly. You know, it's so no to dubbing, and at least give me the option to turn it off. Mine is um, is like subscription streaming services, so like streaming service that you pay money for, having ads in between episodes. Ooh, yes. Like like for example, Amazon Prime. Ah. I, I ripped through seven seasons of Mad Men. It's right. all on Amazon Prime. Because I, I think I, I, I got my dad the AMC thing for his birthday last year because he wanted to watch Better Call Saul. You can add that in there. But like, I was between every episode, there was a, a commercial for like a you know, 90 second commercial or whatever it is for their next, for like one of their shows. Right. And you have to physically skip it. Right. And I'm like, if I am paying. Whatever it is for, for Amazon, it starts at like nine nine. It's probably like like fifteen bucks at this point. Right. I pay you money, so I don't have to watch commercials. Yes. And this happens not just with not. It didn't just happen with with uh, um like television streaming. Like I have DAZN for NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and DAZN is like twenty four twenty five bucks a month. That's like my biggest purchase really. Yeah. And. I read this week, I don't know what it was, it wasn't like this a couple weeks ago, but this week, if you ever were to switch a game, because I was at, I was at my parents' house, so my, my dad wanted to, wanted to watch a bunch of different games, they would play a 15 second pro-line commercial, so like, I, I could be like, oh, you know, we got, we got like the Bengals are about to score, like here, let's switch over to that game. Right. And I'd have to wait 15 seconds for the same, it, like, I wanted to strangle someone. Yeah. I pay you so much money a month. Because, like, and on top of that, we're already watching the commercials on the broadcast. Right. It's not like, it's not like, it's like, all right, com- like commercial-free football or whatever, which is like yeah. red zone, but if you want to watch an actual game, we're already watching, like, three commercials every two minutes because they cut away. Yeah. I got to wait. If I want to switch a game, I got to watch another commercial you can't skip. Yeah. It's unskippable. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm paying you 25 bucks. Yeah. I have one other okay. quick pet peeve. Go for it. Go for it. When there's a teaser before a trailer. Yes. For like literally like coming up now, the trailer for whatever. It's like I know I'm the one they clicked on it in the first place. Like you don't have to suck me in. Are you spoiling a trailer? Yeah. Like I like because it's always like the big action scene. It'll be like, all right, Mission Impossible. It'll be Tom Cruise jumping over a big thing. Yeah. I'm like, I wanted to see that organically like, in the trailer. That's why I clicked on it. You don't have to like sell me on this. Like, like, I'm already here. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't need a trailer for a trailer. No, silly. Boggles my mind. It's crazy. So there you go. Anyway, yeah. End of rapid fire. I needed to get that out, so I appreciate yes. it, Ryan. There we go. Um, Feel yeah, better now. The NHL season it is officially commenced. We'll be back next week to break down the first week. Obviously, uh, overreact like crazy, as we always do. Um, And, yeah, anyway, so stay tuned, and we'll be back next week. Have a great week.